Hello farmers of South Africa and welcome to the second episode of the Legal Buddha Macy. It's me, your Legal Buddha Macy here and uh, thank you so much for all of your reactions and your comments on social media. I've enjoyed interacting with some of you um, and looking forward to the next episode today which I think you might find quite interesting. But first, I've got some news for you. Uh, the Gauteng High Court has upheld the ban on sale of water rights by farmers. What this means is that it is still illegal um, to sell water, to trade in water and or to lease it. So basically it means that if you have water on your farm or your water rights on your farm that you're not using, you can't say to your farmer next door that, hey, you look like you need water and pay me 2000 rands for the water it's not allowed it is illegal i know that it's a little bit of a a a controversial topic and a lot of you farmers don't agree with um, this particular decision by the high court and by the department of water and sanitation Uh, but for now it's still illegal it's still unlawful and i wouldn't suggest that people go around doing it until such time that uh, maybe changes you know I think that you will find that there'll be some farmers that go and appeal this decision and perhaps a higher court might agree with them that water should be sold and um, farmers should be allowed to do what they will with their water rights but for now it's illegal if you want more information on this head on over to www.agricell.co.za there's an article there I wrote a few months ago um, called Whose Water Is It Anyway? And in that article, I discuss um, this particular um, story and issue about selling of water and trading of water. And if you want to know my opinion, that is exactly where you're going to find it. The article is called Whose Water Is It Anyway? And you'll find it on um, AgriCell's website. So let's get into today's topic so today's topic i want to chat to you a little bit about your relationship with your farm workers that live on your farm and the legal implications and problems and solutions obviously because this is all about giving you not just problems but also giving you solutions that make you go think a little bit about how you want to run manage your business and your farm um most of the time people do have people living on their farms um who work for them and it's always been done it's it's quite common to have that happen but sometimes you know it doesn't work out or for one reason or another you want to move those people to preferably work maybe in the closest live in the closest town and just come to work every day without necessarily living on the farm as well so i'm going to deal with two parts of the same thing which is if you choose to keep people on the farm how do you manage that and what are the solutions and if you choose to move people from the farm and have them live elsewhere what is sort of the the methods and ideas around that and what you could do as a farmer to do that successfully so let's start basically with the first group the most obvious group obviously is retired people on the farm so according to the extension of security of tenure at retired people are protected 
and protected means that if they've lived on your farm for more than 10 years they've reached the age of 60 or they are disabled for some reason and then they have a right to stay on your farm until such time that they die the consequence of that obviously is that they're not productive we now have something we call an unproductive household where um, the farm workers living in that house and they're not um, contributing to the productivity of the farm so you don't get any benefit from them they're just sort of sitting on the farm and you know you find and I've seen this a lot with our clients is that they are never living by themselves they've got family and family sometimes can be up to three generations of family grandchildren great-grandchildren and and so on and then you you have quite a big household um, living there and they can live there until that farm worker that has the life right uh, passes away I think it's also important to note that the longer family members live um, with that farm worker on the farm they also start acquiring some rights and a little bit of protection that it's not that easy to um, get them off the farm the day you decide that you don't want them there anymore um, I think the ad says something like um, the first year it's assumed because you've done nothing about it and then that it's assumed that you are fine with them being on the farm and by year three it's definitely confirmed that you are 100% fine with them being on the farm and that can be very costly for you at some point trying to get those people off um, another problem you might find is that you want to sell your farm now and the potential bias is to you well i want vacant occupation and vacant occupation means that i'm not buying your farm if there's people living on it so um get rid of the people first and then i will buy your farm you know i'm not buying it with the people and that can be then added costs for you because you you so you know you you want to sell your place and now you can't because you you have about 200 people on your farm that you have to figure out um how to get them off so let's let's do a bit of um scenario examples so the first one would be i am a farmer and i do not want to get rid of my old people i'm very happy for them to stay on the farm until such time that they're no longer with us on earth uh, but how do you manage it how do i manage legal buddha macy the family members and what is going on and the fact that possibly i have an overcrowded house which means that i might have problems with my exports um audits with vita caesar global gap fair trade because now i can't pass my housing audits what how do i manage that what do i do with that then legal buddha macy will say to you what you do then is that you need to start knowing what's going on on your farm and one of the first steps to do that is you need to know how many people are on your farm in the first place you would not believe how many farmers sometimes don't know who is on their farm you know last time they checked there was a hundred and then we come along and we find actually you've got about 250 people living on your farm on a permanent basis which is an issue um, a farmer will say you know I, I there's a lot of crime on my farm now there's drugs there's there's stealing there's fights there's domestic issues and again it's a consequence of the overcrowding of the mismanagement of who's actually on the farm so you would do something we call a housing audit to first of all find out what is going on and then once you have a housing audit you would then maybe implement housing contracts for example which is you know an agreement between you and the farm workers about 
what is expected in terms of them staying on the farm and in their homes how they treat their homes what goes on and um you know the rules and regulations of living on the farm and you would have that in what we call a housing agreement and then you can also implement an inslab for which is basically almost a, a a weekly day rate um sort of almost stay rate where you say to your farm workers and again by agreement and you say to them look if you're going to have your cousin come stay on the farm for x amount of time you're going to have to start paying a little bit of a fee for them you know we're not running a free thing so they have to pay 50 rand um that I will dock from your salary a month or, or whatever to 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 stop that to manage that and actually you'll find that it works quite well because you'll find that once you have management of your your farm workers that live on the farm together and everything is is audited and you've got your house agreements and your contracts in place and maybe you've put in this inslab for it the farm workers start to manage their own um situations on the in their community in their in their um village in that they manage and self regulate themselves and you can eliminate some of the the issues that you might face when you don't take control of what is going on who's coming in and out who's sleeping and how long they've been sleeping on your farm without you being aware so that's the one way if you were to choose to say no i want my my old people and um all my workers to live on the farm and i don't have a problem you do have a problem if you don't manage it but like i say there's ways to do it with the audits with the contracts with the inslab for with you know just it's just about knowing exactly what is going on 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 the farm and it will save you a lot of grief much later then scenario b is if you as the farmer say to me mm nico budamesi i need to move people off the farm especially the old people because i've got new employees that i want to put in those houses and I need the space, you know. So how do I get them off? Do I evict them? You know. I legal bureaucracy will not say that you need to evict them. I'll say to you you have to do something called a relocation. And a relocation basically is not a forced situation. It is agreement between you and the farm worker where the farm worker agrees to give up his right to live on the farm and he's is then agreeing for a stronger right in in property. What I mean by that is that this right that he has to live on the farm forever is a personal right. So it means that he has it, not his family, he has it. So when he passes that right stops. So his wife and children whatever they can't stay on the farm after um the right is 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 extinguished because he's now gone. He's the only one that had that right to stay on the farm. But if he gives up that right for a stronger right in property, obviously he's moving off the farm, going to live in another house. That then he can leave to his children. His children can live there after his passing. It doesn't matter, right? And he's off the farm, so the farmer has got what he wanted, and life continues um, in that way. And there's there's no issues. You know, we we've solved the problem. I know. Now you're thinking who's going to buy this house that's off the property. There's a few ways that you can do it. There is some capital expenditure that you as the farmer will have to to put out in assistance of buying this house and relocating. But I promise you that that amount 
is so little compared to the amount that you might have to spend in all the problems that you might incur going into the future waiting for this person to vacate or having to now deal with all the social issues and the fact that the family members have gained rights the longer they've stayed on the farm. I forgot to mention this. So if you have family members living on the farm with your farm worker that has the personal rights, the, the life rights, every year, it's, it's called cyclical rights, every year that these family members are there, they are also gaining rights. They are also gaining rights that become more difficult for you to just kick them out your farm just like that. So for example, the act says that in year one, it's assumed that you as the farm worker are okay with them living on your on your farm. By year three, if you haven't done anything about all those extra people, it is confirmed. You know, it is assumed that it is confirmed that you are 100% okay with the family members living on the farm. So how would you do it and how does it work? So one of the benefits about the Department of Human Settlements is that they have a housing subsidy and the housing subsidy is basically the money they use to build RDP houses. So one of the first things you could find out is whether your employee has put himself on the, or herself on the list to receive an RDP. And if they haven't, you can put them on the list because rural um, farm workers are considered a special group. So they actually get preference in getting you know, RDP houses before, let's say your urban um, urban people or people in the cities and so on. The amount that um, human settlements will put up is 168,000 rands, but we know that a house does not um, cost 168,000 rands. So, you know, let's, let's use an example here. So let's say the house costs 368,000 rands and you have no planning you've never planned for the retirement of people um on your farm you never thought about it perhaps and you know it's not a failing a lot of people don't think about this so there are a lot of farmers that will have retirees and they made no retirement plan or pension fund or anything like that so you now have this house is 368 rands you then will have to put in 200 000 rands of your own money take the 168,000 rands from Department of Human Settlements and therefore buy them a house. It's a court order. It's an agreement, you know, that that is a court order and it's done. The person moves, they're in their their home, it's finished and you have now a free house on your your farm that you can give to a younger employee that works on the farm. Right, so that's one way of doing it. That's, let's say we call it model one. It's very popular, lots of people do it. Um, it's not a new thing. Then you have a second scenario where you you planned ahead, you knew that you're going to have um, retired people at some point on your farm, and you knew that you, you might want to get rid of them at some point. So you did a pension fund. You, you did some sort of retirement plan for them that they've been contributing for the last 20, 30 years. So come now this time where you do want them off and you you have an agreement with them of a relocation agreement that, listen, I need you off the farm because I need more space and all of that, then that's easy. You're going to now take the money from the pension fund, 
mix it together with the money from Department of Human Settlement. And depending on how long that retirement plan has been going, it's probably going to cover the 200,000. So you don't actually have to take anything out of your own pocket. You can take the 200,000 and um, take the money from the Department of Human Settlement and buy a house. You've lost no money whatsoever um, from your own pocket. And the person is off and you've gained. You've now got um, your housing freed up and you can get current employees in. So those are what we do now with retired people. So I know there's some of you that are asking themselves, okay, but what if I want to get rid of current employees or what if, you know, um, I've got a, a current problem that is not a retiree and I need them off the farm. I want to sell the farm or I want to, um, you know, just not have them on my farm at all, but they've got some rights. They've developed some rights that is not easy for me to evict and relocation wise you know what do i do well there's again more methods of doing it you you can you know go to your broker and play around with you know retirement plans and all of that but if you don't have a plan for retirement obviously you can't do a pension fund now you could think that you know now you have to pay the whole amount again and you're back to the first model of you taking out the two hundred thousand and then using the, the other money from the Department of Human Settlements to, to do the balance. Or you could call us and we could tell you a little bit more about how you would get rid of, or not get rid of, but that's a terrible word to use, um, how you would then relocate maybe current employees, maybe dismissed employees, like how do you get them off your land? and carry on with this and it being productive so obviously i wouldn't be a good lawyer if i just made it that easy to give you everything that you you want to hear but i can give you a hint you could look at covering bonds you know to protect your risk in terms of that two hundred thousand that you have to now pay out and um here at the legal buddha macy we have a few other ideas of how we could we could advise you but let me tell you the benefits of doing something like this is that you know you will definitely free up your your housing for current employees new employees you're going to reduce overcrowding on your farm you're going to reduce social problems on the farm and you're going to have more control of your property you can get money from the Department of Human Settlements to supplement the purchase price of the house. And I don't know how many of you guys knew that, that you can actually go and fetch that money from the government and use that to, to assist. And of course, the best part of it is that this can all be done without the high costs of evictions and the negativity that is aligned to evictions. Because as we all know, we do have some issues with evictions where then farms get into trouble, get burnt, you know, and there's a lot of drama that I know some of you cannot afford to have given the status that you have with your exports and the business that you do within the country. So where do we go from here? I would love to hear from you if you have any questions. I'd love you to engage with us on our Facebook page, our Instagram. We have a Twitter page as well. And all of it is the legal Buddha Macy. Our contact details are on there if you want to talk specifically. It's very difficult. And don't get mad at me, but it's very difficult to give you um, the ideas about what to do with 
other types of farm workers that that live on your farm um, except for the retirees because every farm is different every business is different and the future of your your farm and what you have in mind about the future of your farm will be different from the guy that has a farm right next door to you so please please get in touch with us engage with us ask us questions um, come visit us we have offices in Paul and obviously in Johannesburg and uh, we look forward to hearing from you it's your legal Buddha Macy bye